Hello, welcome to Only the Parts You Need, a GURPS podcast. I am Enraged Eggplant, and in this episode I would like to discuss all the different melee weapons in GURPS, compare them and try to list their cons and pros. I'll say in advance that I have not seen all these in play, so some of the things I am going to say will be speculative. In part, this episode is inspired by pseudonym's blog post that I will link in the description. Let's start with the weapons used with the Axe Maze skill. This is an average difficulty skill. It covers such weapons as axes, maces, clubs, picks and sickles, when used in one hand. They all have reach 1, and most of them are unbalanced, meaning that you cannot parry on the turn after attacking with them. This weapon group is quite diverse in terms of damage types. There are weapons dealing crushing, cutting and even impaling damage. They all deal swing damage and usually have a good damage bonus. This bonus may be a deal breaker if you are using the edge protection rules from low tech and you fight armored enemies often. Despite waking in general as much at swords, axes and maces usually have a higher strength requirement due to being unbalanced. However, they usually cost much less than swords, sometimes 10 times less, making them very accessible. Their low base cost makes it much easier to acquire fine or very fine weapons. Such weapons as Kopesh and Sickle have sharp hooks, allowing for some nice combat tricks. Normal axes have blunt hooks that are less useful but still good to have. Picks deal swing impaling damage, which grants them a monstrous injury potential and allows targeting vitals. They may get stuck, but this is sometimes beneficial. Also, they are better at targeting chinks in armor. When using a crushing weapon, you can still target vitals in some cases if you are using rules from martial arts. It should also be noted that some weapons from this category can be thrown. In general, I would advise to use an axe slash mace weapon with a shield to alleviate the lack of balance. Shield is an easy skill after all. Alternatively, you can use defensive attacks introduced in martial arts. If you want to make your signature weapon more flexible, consider adding hooks, prongs, axe heads, spear heads, hammer heads, or anything else from low-tech companion too. Switching heads is a free action. Such modifications are not expensive. They do increase the weapon's weight, but uh, when using an axe or a mace that's more of a good thing. You are likely to have a decent strength score, so the additional weight will be useful to break lighter weapons with yours. I find it interesting that when using a spearhead attached to an axe or a mace, you are still using the axe-slash-mace skill despite making thrust attacks. The axe-slash-mace skill can be useful in high-tech games as well, because some pistol models can be gripped by their barrels and swung with this skill to be used in close combat. Axe or mace weapons are quite easy to improvise. Existing GURP supplements list the following improvised weapons with this skill. Intact bottle, dumbbell, stiletto heel, mug, 
iron pan, cattle brand, farming sickle, ice or meat mallet, rolling pin, skillet, forestry hook, baseball bat, cricket bat, crowbar, hammer, mallet, tire iron, range. So, if you are in the kitchen or a tool shed with no weapons, the axe maze skill should come in handy. Broadsword is an average difficulty skill that covers a large array of different weapons, although most of them are quite similar in terms of game mechanics. Broadswords have reach of 1 or 2 yards, depending on the specific weapon, so, just like axes and maces, they are not close combat weapons. Typically, they have a swinging, cutting and thrusting impaling attacks, making them versatile. Some swords either have a blunt tip or do not have an edge at all, dealing crushing damage. Some weapons, such as a buster sword, are unbalanced. However, they can be used in two hands or in a defensive grip. However, again, the description of the defensive grip states that uh, weapons that can be used in one or two hands, such as bastard swords and spears, are treated as two-handed weapons. So they work slightly differently. It should also be noted that any sword can be used in a variant defensive grip to gain more tip control, removing minus two from the skill penalty to target chinks in armor but also decreasing reach to C and decreasing damage to thrust. Broadswords can also be used in reverse grip, if for some reason you need a bonus to thrusting damage and to deceptive attacks, but do not need uh, long reach. For reach 1 swords, it also allows you to strike in close combat, and that's very useful. Only two weapons have hooks, Kopesh and Hook Sword. However, any sword can be held by the blade and used to deal crushing damage. In this grip, the hilt can be used as a hook. In the normal grip, you can use the hilt to punch, but this is done with brawling or karate, not broadsword. In terms of weight, the broadswords are as heavy as axes and maces, but have lower strength score, due to being balanced. In terms of costs, they cost a fortune. So, broadswords are the weapons of the wealthy, especially if they are fine or very fine. Alternatively, use the cheap quality to drop the price. In terms of improvised weapons, the broadsword skill covers the following. Certain rod and pull cue. That's it. If you do not have your weapon with you, you will probably have to rely on your default or a secondary skill. Boxing, brawling and karate are not melee weapon skills, but they are still relevant to this discussion, because some weapons do use these skills. They all have reach C, making them only useful in close combat, and most of them do not have an strength requirement. Weapons that use these skills are separated into three categories. The first group is Brass Knuckles, Mirmax and Cestus. These three can be used with boxing, brawling and karate. These improve your crushing punching damage and stack with the damage bonuses from high skill. Also, Mirmex and Cestus provide hand DR. Cestus has an elbow length variant that gives partial DR to the arm and improves elbow strike damage. 
Mirmex only gives bad grip one. Brass knuckles prevent you from hurting yourself, but give you bad grip three. Ultra tech Karatans say that they provide the same benefits, but I do not think that they should impose bad grip. Various ultra tech glove weapons, such as the Zap glove or Neuro glove, can use these three skills as well. The second group is Bladed Hand, Tonfa and Shuriken. These can only be used with Brawling and Karate. Boxers are out of luck. Tonfa has its own skill, but uses these two skills for butt jabs. Shuriken, of course, is a thrown weapon, but can be used uh, with these skills to claw, dealing cutting damage. Bladed Hand can be used to deal swing cutting or thrust impaling damage. So, if you are wondering if you can deal swing damage with an unarmed combat skill, this is one of the ways to do that. All these weapons get a damage bonus for high skill. The third group is Blackjack and Combat Fan. These can be only used with Brawling. This group also includes Hilt Punches that deal crushing damage for Back Swords and Cutlass and cutting damage for Hook Sword and Tsiankhong Ryui Dao. The Combat Fan can deal Thrust crushing or cutting damage, but the cutting attack does not benefit from the damage bonus for high skill. Everything else does. So, if you are using a weapon compatible with Hilt Punches, it's a good idea to invest a couple of points into Brawling. If you are playing an Ultra Tech game, the Limpet Mind Dispenser uses the Brawling skill. You can also use a lot of improvised weapons with the Brawling skill. I found the following examples. Abacus, Book, Boots, Shoes, Sandals, Caltrop, Pistol, Purse filled with coins or a credit card. Flail is a hard skill, unlike most other melee weapon skills. All flails deal swing crushing damage and all flails are unbalanced, making shields and defensive attacks good options. However, shields seem even more attractive, because most flails are also bad at parrying, having a minus 2 penalty to parry. Flails have reach 1 and do not weigh much, aside from the morning star. Because of that, their strength requirements are possible, again, aside from the Morningstar. Despite all these downsides, flails terrify me when I, as a player, see enemies with them. Why? Because attempts to parry flails are at minus 4. Fencing weapons can't parry them at all, unless used in a defensive grip, and even then they take the normal penalties. Attempts to block flails are at minus 2. Lighter flails impose only halved penalties. As explained under Fencing Parries on page 221 of GURPS Martial Arts, the inability of the rapier, saber and small sword to parry flails is a consequence of blade design, not weapon skill. Any weapon that works with a mangosh, rapier, saber or small sword skill and at least one melee weapon skill other than those four can parry flails at the usual penalties. This includes the edged rapier and any other rapier that weighs three pounds or more, dian, jute, sai and short stuff, which is identical to a baton. In addition, there's a return strike technique in martial arts 
that allows you to hit the enemy in the back. This either imposes an additional penalty to all active defenses or disallows them entirely. Also, considering that many armored fighters like to only armor the front, this may also bypass all their DR. Also, the flails are quite cheap, so if you want a cheap, powerful weapon, but are not afraid to put some points into a hard skill and use a shield, then flails are for you. I was surprised to find out that there are some quite ubiquitous improvised flail options. Belt, boots, shoes or sandals swung by laces, weighted scarf or purse swung on a strap. Force Sword is an average difficulty skill. There are some super science weapons that use this skill described in Ultratech, such as, well, Force Swords and Monowire and Stasis Switchblades. This skill may be useful in fantasy games as well, where magic or other supernatural powers can create similar effects. However, it really depends on the setting, so we will drop this discussion of the skill. Force Whip is an average skill that has exactly one weapon described for it in Ultratech, the eponymous Force Whip. Just like the Force Sword skill, this one can be useful in fantasy games due to supernatural abilities that can create flexible energy weapons. Garrot is an easy skill, but it's a very specialized weapon used to strangle enemies. The rules for that are on page 405 of GURPS basic set. Garrots can be made of rope to deal crushing damage or wire to deal cutting damage. In the latter case, it also must have handles to prevent the user from cutting himself. Despite the skill being an easy one, you must also invest in stealth and probably strength to use it effectively. In terms of cost and weight, the garrots are very cheap and light, respectively. It should be noted that the weighted scarf that can be used with a flail skill can also be used as a garrot. If you do not have an actual garrot, you can improvise one using a belt, bootlaces, scarf, bra, or an entire braided spool of dental floss. Jitte Sai is an average difficulty skill used to wield a small subset of weapons designed to disarm. These tiny weapons can cause some confusion due to some naming and spelling conventions. There's three of them. Quadrants that deals thrust impaling damage, can strike in close combat but has a 0.5 armor divisor and is quite expensive. Jutte that deals swing or thrust crushing damage has reach 1 and is cheap and Sai that is the same but deals impaling damage with thrusting attacks. You probably know what a Sai looks like if you are familiar with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Mortal Kombat. Jitte Sai weapons are built for disarming and give plus 2 in the quick contest to disarm an opponent. Furthermore, if you attempt to disarm on the turn immediately after you parry your opponent's weapon, you need not roll to hit his weapon first. Just state that you are attempting to disarm and move directly to the quick contest. This still counts as an attack. GURPS Martial Arts introduce the bind weapon technique that can be used effectively with this skill, improving the disarming potential of Jitis and size even further. The snap weapon cinematic technique from martial arts 
lets you snap a weapon that you trapped with bind weapon. I haven't found any improvised weapons for this skill, so if you lose your Jitte or Sai, you're out of luck. Judo, sumo wrestling and wrestling are not weapon skills, but there is one weapon that can be used with these. Kakute is a ring with small teeth used to get a firm grip on an opponent and assail pressure points. A pair, one on the ring finger, one on the thumb, gives plus one to rolls to prevent a grappled fall from breaking free and plus one to pressure point skill while grappling, but a bad grip one with weapons. Twisting the rings into position for grappling or out of the way for other tasks requires a ready maneuver. And that's it for these three skills. Knife is an easy skill unlike most of melee weapon skills. It covers a large array of weapons. Most of them deal swing cutting and frost impaling damage, but there is also blunt weapons that deal crushing damage, and the slashing wheel that deals frost cutting damage. All knives can strike in close combat, and the longer ones have reached C21. The vast majority of the knives have a penalized parry score. Knives are very light, small, and most of them are quite affordable. However, their damage potential is weak. Their small weight makes them even worse for parrying. Sometimes it is advisable to use them in reverse grip to improve thrust damage and penalize parrying further, because it's already quite bad. Many knives can be thrown, so investing a point or two in the thrown weapon knife skill is a good idea. Some knives provide partial DR to the hand and some of them are optimized for targeting chinks in armor. Consider investing some points in wrestling, so you can grapple an armored opponent and make an accurate knife attack to the armor chinks. Knives are very good backup weapons, because they are light, don't require a lot of points and are cheap. However, their low strength requirement means that it's sometimes easy to reach the damage cap even for a realistically strong warrior. On the other hand, if you are this strong, you're probably wielding a heavier weapon. Knives are also quite easy to improvise. I have found the following examples. Arrow, bolt, broken bottle, pen, steel, spindle, spike, speed, sturgill, credit card, ice scraper, nail clippers, scissors, shank, shift, big fork or skewer, carving or utility knife, dough cutter or ulu knife, chef's knife, ice pick, kitchen shares, paring knife, pizza cutter. Kusari is a hard skill used to wield weighted chain weapons. Like flails, they are all unbalanced and have minus 2 to parry, so do not rely on parrying with them. Most of them can deal swing and thrust crushing damage, but some of them have options for cutting and even impaling damage. Their reach can be long, up to 4 yards, with a minimum of 1 yard. For some weapons, reach, weight, cost and strength depends on the length, but for some of them they are static values. Unless you are using a rope dart, the Kusaris require a ready maneuver to change their reach value. Consider investing a point in the reach mastery perk. Like flails, Kusaris are difficult to defend against. Attempts to parry Kusaris are at minus 4. Fencing weapons cannot parry at all unless used in defensive grip. And even then they take the normal penalties. 
attempts to block Kusaris are at minus 2. In addition, if someone parries your Kusari with a weapon, make a skill roll immediately. On a success, your Kusari entangles his weapon. A failure has no special effect. A critical failure means you drop your Kusari. Your opponent may disentangle his weapon on his turn. This requires a free hand and a dexterity roll. If he does not, you may make a disarm attempt on your next turn without rolling to hit first. State that you are attempting to disarm and immediately roll the quick contest. This still counts as an attack. When swinging your Kusari, you must have enough room around you. On a critical miss, a roll of 3, 4, 17 or 18 indicates that you have hit yourself in the face. This does not apply when you snap your Kusari using the thrusting attack. Kusaris have an additional disadvantage. Long Kusaris actually become unready after an attack or a parry. It takes one turn to ready a 2-yard Kusari, two turns to ready a Kusari of 3 yards or longer. Again, like flails, the Kusaris benefit from the return strike technique but they benefit from it even more due to their longer reach. Kusaris are more effective than normal weapons at disarming, granting the wielder a plus 2 bonus in the disarming quick contest. Kusaris can also be used to entangle an opponent, as if using a lariat. Remember that both of these applications can be improved as techniques in martial arts. Most Kusaris are two-handed weapons, making them even worse in terms of defense, because you cannot use a shield, unless you are a Goro. I think that this is a very complex weapon that probably should be only used by seasoned GURPS players, but it is very rewarding and cool. The only example of an improvised Kusari that I found is an unweighted chain. If you were a fan of the spiked chain in D&D, then you should check out the barbed chain in Low Tech Companion 2. It uses a Kusari skill. Lens is an average skill that isn't even considered a melee weapon skill by the GURPS basic set. It can only be used effectively when mounted and cannot parry. It has reach 4 and a pretty good thrust impaling damage. It is heavy but quite cheap. The rules for lenses are described on page 397 of GURPS basic set. To couch a lens, a rider must have a saddle and stirrups. A couched lens damage depends on the mount's mass and velocity. Workout damage for a collision between the mount and the target. Mount strength multiplied by distance moved last turn divided by 100 dice of damage rounded down and add the lens's thrust impaling bonus of plus 3. Note that you do not use the lower of lens and riding skills. Lens is exempt from that rule. There are also tournament jousting lenses. Tournament jousting uses blunted wooden lenses, specially designed to break if they strike very hard. These inflict the same amount of damage, but it is crushing. And if the damage exceeds 15 points, the lens snaps, limiting damage to 15 points. It should also be noted that lenses are one-handed weapons. Mangosh is a weird skill. 
is an average difficulty skill used for wielding any weapon normally wielded with knife or a jitte sai skill in the offhand. With this skill you may ignore the penalty for using the offhand on defense and the minus one for parrying with a knife, but still attack at minus four. To wield a knife as a primary weapon, use the knife skill. In addition, such knives wielded with this skill become fencing weapons, which improve their defensive capabilities greatly. Not all knives can be used with this skill. Overall, I've already talked about knives, this is just an extension of that. Can you use mangosh in reverse grip? You probably can, but why? Monowire whip is a hard skill that covers the use of monowire whips and switchblades in whip modes. I do not really know what else to say here, it's a skill even more specialized than Force Sword or Force Whip, and it probably only has a place in Ultra Tech games with Super Science. Pole Arm is an average difficulty skill that covers a wide variety of weapons. Generally, they deal very good damage, up to Swing plus 5 or Thrust plus 3, have good reach from 1 to 3 yards. Typically, they require a ready maneuver to change their reach, so the reach mastery perk is very useful. Most of the pole arms are unbalanced, so consider using defensive attacks. For weapons with such good qualities, they are not expensive. Pole arms are quite heavy and require decent strength to wield them properly. Most of them are two-handed weapons, and some of them become unready after attacking. They are very versatile and able to make both swinging and thrusting attacks, cutting, impaling, crushing damage. Some of them have hooks or other elements that make disarming easier and allow for other tricks. It's also easy to customize pole arms with additional axe heads, spear heads, hammer heads, change their reach, add hooks, prongs, butt spikes and other interesting features from Low Tech Companion 2. Perks such as Reach Mastery, Grip Mastery, Form Mastery and Combat Vaulting are practically made for this skill. Also, do not forget the sweep technique from martial arts. I've heard a lot of people say that dueling halberds and glaives are way too good. That may be true, but I do not know how to make them worse and more balanced. If you have any ideas, feel free to post them. Overall, this is a very versatile and accessible weapon category. I haven't found any improvised weapon examples. Rapier is an average difficulty skill. All rapiers deal thrust impaling damage, but some edged ones can also deal swing cutting damage. Even if your rapier is not edged, you may use the tip slash option for martial arts. Rapiers do not deal very good damage, but are great defensive weapons. They are fencing weapons. They are fencing weapons, which greatly increases their defensive capabilities, if you have room to retreat. As a downside, pairing flails and kusaris usually is impossible, unless you are wielding the rapier in a defensive grip. Consider taking the grip mastery perk if you encounter flail wielding enemies often. Rapiers have decent reach, weight and strength requirements, but are prohibitively expensive. Consider buying a cheap rapier if you really want a rapier, but cannot afford one. It should also be noted that the only rapier available at TL3 is Dzyany, and there's no rapiers at TL0 to 2. 
Depending on your world's TL, this may limit your choice greatly. Saber is an average difficulty skill. Sabers appear at TL4 and basically are rapiers with a swinging attack. Why is this a separate skill? I have no idea. Shield is an easy skill. It is a very useful piece of equipment that you should consider if you are using a one-handed weapon, especially an unbalanced one. When attacking with a shield, you ignore the offhand penalty. Usually, shields deal thrusting crushing damage that can be increased or reduced with some boss options from low-tech companion 2. Optionally, it can have a spike or knife blades to deal thrusting impaling damage, or have a bladed rim to deal swing cutting damage. The damage isn't great, but better than nothing. Remember that fighting with a shield in close combat imposes a penalty equal to its defense bonus to all dexterity rolls. Wielding a large shield imposes a minus 2 penalty to attack rolls, and with optional rules from Lotel Companion 2, any shield imposes a penalty equal to its defense bonus to or attack rolls. Do not forget that this shield wall training perk exists. Shields are also very useful if you use slams often. In general, you shouldn't rely on shield being your primary weapon. I was surprised to find out that you can use books, chairs and stools as improvised shields. Short sword is an average difficulty skill. Most of the short swords have reach 1, but few of them can be used in close combat as well. They all can make swing and thrust attacks, dealing cutting and impaling damage respectively, but there's also blunt option for crushing damage. One example, the short baton, has a minus 1 penalty to parry. Short swords are light and have modest strength requirements, but on the other hand are quite expensive. They can be used with all the tricky sword options, uh, such as defensive grip and reverse grip, and overall are quite versatile, without any outstanding strengths or weaknesses. I found the following improvised short sword examples. Rolled scroll, car antenna, tightly rolled magazine, cleaver. Small sword is an average difficulty skill that covers short fencing weapons. Before TL4 there's only one, the short stuff, but even TL4 adds only two new options. Their weight is low, strength requirements are low, reach is 1, with the exception of the dress small sword that has reach C1. TL4 small swords can only deal thrusting impaling damage, but tip slash is an option. The short stuff can deal both thrusting and swinging crushing damage. Just like other fencing weapons, they are very good in terms of defense, but do not deal good damage. The short stuff is very cheap, but the TL4 small swords are quite expensive. I found uh, two examples of improvised small swords: car antenna and speed. Spear is an average difficulty skill and, in my opinion, a very good one. Spears have good reach from 1 to 5 yards. Deal good amounts of thrusting impaling damage, can be used with a tip slash option to deal cutting damage and are very cheap. Their weight varies from light to very heavy and their strength requirements are never too high. Some of the spears are two-handed weapons, but some of them can be used either in one or two hands. Consider taking the grip mastery perk for quick switching. Many spears require a ready maneuver to change reach so consider investing in the Reach Mastery perk. Moreover, 
Spears can be used with a staff skill to gain some extra defensive benefits. For that, consider the form mastery perk. Also, make sure to read the stop thrust section in martial arts. It will be very useful for you. Some longer spears have the downside of being unbalanced, but with such a good reach, you can use defensive attacks and stop hits to keep your enemies at bay. One of the outliers is the trident. It is difficult to dodge, but also has a penalty to hit that can be eliminated with the exotic weapon training perk. Spears, just like swords, can be used in reverse grip to increase damage and reduce reach. The spear skill is also used to attack with bayonets. Improvised spears include rifle butts and pitchforks. Staff is another average difficulty skill. Staffs are amazing weapons, in my opinion. They deal decent damage, and so it's usually crushing. They have good reach that does not require a ready maneuver to adjust. Most of the staffs have a plus 2 bonus to parry, making them great in defense. They are also cheap and light. However, they are two-handed weapons, and due to being crushing, it is difficult to increase their damage. If you have a lot of strength, consider buying a full metal staff. One of the unusual weapons wielded with the skill is the Sasumata, that can be used to pin an enemy to the ground or wall. If you are into cinematic weapons, keep in mind that the double-ended swords are wielded with the staff skill. Improvised staffs include certain rods and wooden ice hockey sticks. Tonfa is an average difficulty skill that includes a single weapon, the Tonfa. It can be used to deal swinging or thrusting crushing damage at reach 1 or in close combat. Is cheap, is light, and can be used in reverse grip to do butt jabs with brawling or karate and benefit from better unarmed parries. It really is a unique weapon, but I am not very impressed by it. Two-handed axe mace is an average difficulty skill. Weapons of this category deal very good damage at reach 1 or 2. All of them are unbalanced, so remember using defensive attacks. Two of them have thrusting attacks that are not unbalanced. For such damage potential, these weapons are quite cheap, but they are very heavy. Obviously, they are all two-handed weapons, but most of them also become unready after an attack. In my opinion, edge protection rules from low-tech make this weapon category more important, because their high damage helps actually cut through armor. Chainsaws are wielded with this skill too, as are double-ended axes, maces and hammers. These double-ended weapons are not unbalanced, and I think they would be nice to try out. I found the following improvised two-handed axes and maces. Chair, stool, rifles or muskets, rake, shovel, barbell, hoe, shears, sling blade, sewing hoe, golf club, bolt cutters, circular saw. Two-handed flail is a hard skill. Everything that was said about uh, one-handed flails applies here as well, but the damage potential is even higher. Two-handed flails, however, do not have a parry penalty and do not become unready after attacking. Double-ended flails aren't even unbalanced, but are quite expensive. Two-handed sword is an average skill. 
It is used not only for two-handed swords, but also for some stuffs gripped as swords. They deal good damage, have good reach, are not unbalanced, do not become unready, but usually are heavy, require a lot of strength and money. Certain roads and shinais can be used as improvised two-handed swords. Whip is an average difficulty skill, the last one. It is a very intricate weapon with quite bad damage but extreme reach, up to 7 yards, and that's a one-handed weapon. Just as Kusaris, they can disarm and tangle, need extra maneuvers to ready after an attack, and are very bad at parrying. To improve damage, use a crack technique from martial arts. Belts, steel rulers and towels, especially wet ones, can be used as improvised whips. And that's all for today's episode. I hope that was helpful. See you next time.